Hey folks, it's the Uticast. It's episode number 58, and today we're having a little CNY Comedy Cup takeover featuring our good friends Phil Farda and Will Phillips. So that should be an exciting event. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, the Adirondack Scenic Railroad. Since 1992, and when it was restored to its full glory in 1996, the Adirondack Scenic Railroad has offered operations between Utica and world-class destination of Lake Placid. Go to Adirondack RR to check out all of their upcoming events including the incredibly trill beer and wine train taking place on August 12th. So again, AdirondackRR.com to check out the Adirondack Scenic Railroad and all of its upcoming events. Adirondack Scenic Railroad, it's more than just a train ride. All right, let's get into this week's show. Phil Farta, Will Phillips, let's do it. Number 58. 58. I can feel the CNY Comedy guys lurking around the studio here. It's coming up. The CNY Comedy Cup 2016 little takeover today. Uh, Will Phillips and Phil Farda. But right now, Kev Sullivan. Hey, buddy. I'm here, man. We made it. We did. We made it. You, uh, you've been recovering from uh, your brother's wedding this weekend. We had my, so my brother got married on Saturday. It was amazing. We had a great time. Yeah, shout uh, out. Congratulations to both of them. The happy couple. Everybody was wonderful. Everything was wonderful. It couldn't have gone, couldn't have gone any better. It was great, and it's definitely been a little bit of time recovery. Yesterday yeah. was a real slow moving day. Yesterday, uh, those are the best though. When you oh, have yeah. a day to recover, yeah, absolutely. A post a post event day to recover is one of the few great joys of adult life that lives in existence. See, that's that's my brother. My brother and his wife did this, and they're very smart. They're leaving for their honeymoon on Wednesday. Yeah. So they gave themselves like three or four yeah. days in between, so because like. I can't imagine after the wedding we had, after the party we had Saturday night into the wee hours of Sunday, um, I cannot imagine having to go and get on a plane yeah. to Mexico the very next day. That seems like a lot. So it's smart. You got to give yourself those recovery days. We're getting old, man. Let me throw this one at you. My brother in law came in from Chicago with my two nieces, nephews, and my sister this week, and he left to go back on Sunday, right? He left on Sunday to drive back to Chicago because he had to work on Monday. Oh. Like. Oh, man. He's a saint. He really, Randall Bailey is a saint. Shout out, RBJ. He's a good dude, good Liverpool fan. But, man, that's a tough one. I, I don't know if I could do it. That's a lot, man. I do. That'd that's a, a lot. Long... Especially like wrangling kids. Yeah, the whole week of wrangling kids before the 17-hour drive starting at 6 in the morning on a Sunday after you've spent the whole week of my mom and my family <laughs> and, like, all the events and family proceedings. Like, it's a madhouse. Uh Word around the wedding party though is that your uh, your speech as the best man was a showstopper. It was. Uh, it, I got to most of the things that I wanted to say. It was. It was really nice. Uh, a lot of people said some really nice things to me afterwards. Um, specifically, like, I've got some older family members who I've been sure. seeing speak at events for years and years and years now, like family events, you know, weddings, funerals, like big anniversary parties, things mm-hmm. like that. And they have some of those guys who I've always looked up to for their ability to go get their point across publicly in a room full of loved ones. For them to compliment me was really nice. So, yeah, it seemed to go well. Um, a lot of great speeches, though. Uh, the father of the bride gave an amazing speech. Mm. He did a great job, like, really uh, welcome to the family, call out nice. to like, the whole other side and everything. Nice. That was beautiful. Uh, the maid of honor, uh, Jen's sister, Kristen, wrote a beautiful poem for Jen that she mm. read out to her and everything like that. It was nice, and then I was on last. I feel like there's a lot of uh, conflicting opinions about whether weddings are awesome or weddings are crummy. And I think it just depends on like whose wedding it is. Yeah. It depends on the people. It's a hundred percent. I mean, that was probably the best wedding I've ever been to because it was my favorite lineup of people. Exactly. Right. Like that's, uh, but I, I tend to always get excited for weddings because it's hard to not get excited for music and food and liberal booze and dancing. It's a good party. People are dancing. Yeah, Yeah, man. Like what's the wedding is only stressful for the people getting married. Everyone else Seems is having a great way. time, right? Seems that way. And a wedding is really for 
everybody else. The wedding really isn't for the people getting married, although it probably should only be for the people getting married, but that's neither here nor there. Like, I, the wedding is a celebration of everything involved in it, not just these two people are getting married, right? Like, Yeah, sometimes it probably gets to be that way, yeah. It was um it was it was such a nice day to spend the whole day like we had such a good gang like the wedding party was huge at my brother's wedding yeah. I think there were like eight on each side or so and um like going and doing the pictures and everything like that we had a bus that we took out that we were in uh, liberally applying champagne Utica club mm-hmm. they changed the marquee on the Stanley to say congratulations to yeah, him went down for nice. the pictures nice. shout out to Jerry Krause um yeah it was great yeah. I'm so happy I'm so pleased it was wonderful I wish awesome. I could go back and relive the day a hundred times. Nah, very, very apt descriptions. I saw your brother for a brief moment this morning driving around. He uh, was. He, he looked like a million bucks. He was glowing. Beaming. Oh, yeah. He is. Uh, him and Jen, congratulations. Uh, what else happened this week? Oh, uh, Franklin Square Film Series took place last yes. Wednesday. Uh, thanks to Boyd Bakery and the good lads at Nomad Cinema, who will be next week's guests uh, on the podcast, uh, Mario and Mike. So look forward to that next week. Also look forward to next week's second Film, my favorite movie of all time, Jaws. As the table here in the studio is covered in shark toys. Shark toys and shark paraphernalia abound. That in means that does studios. that mean there could be another trailer coming? There could be. I've shown some props on the internet. People seem to be very excited about the props. Um, I already have a costume. I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Feel real good about it. Uh, I had a really nice time, honestly, though, at the Franklin Square film series, and not just because we were involved. I enjoyed everything came together. Yeah, great. It really everything did. really came together. It was so nice to see so many members of the community. I loved yeah. seeing all the kids that were out there. Uh, it was a great mix of people. The guys at Bite killed it. Yeah. Having that popcorn machine was a godsend. Shout out to the dude Joe Marino for pulling some strings and helping us out. Uh, Absolutely, really great dude. Uh, and just everyone who was involved, it was a really nice sense of community. I'm hoping that people will get just as excited for Jaws, which, as I mentioned, one of my favorite. People get even more excited. More excited. And it was good. It, so uh, it was good. The team killed it too. It was good to see everybody working yeah. together on the same page, working real hard, and remember what's important. So that was good. Yeah, it's true. It yeah, was. Uh, uh, we had a great time. I think all of us had a really good time yeah. down there doing the movie. I mean, between the trailer, between like cleaning up and setting up the day before. Yeah. Man, what a great week last week. I'm so like happy about my week now that we're doing it in yeah, review. Feels good, man. It was. <laughs> it's a solid. Feels week. like this week is gonna be a letdown. Yeah, like I know, it just right? seems like we're careening off the rails. There's no more wedding to look forward to. Well, I got a wedding to look forward Pat's to this heads weekend. Heads are falling off. I do. That's true. <laughs> I do have a wedding to look forward to this weekend, though. Also, shout out to GFOPs Andy Cooper and Julia Galimi, whose wedding we'll be heading out to this weekend. Very exciting. Two for, of the best. Lovely folks. That's going to be a fun love, wedding. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. There. I'm bringing a plus one. Ooh, plus look at you. One. Look at you. They said, you coming by yourself? I said, nah, nah. I'm bringing one. backup. I'm bringing a backup crew. I got a squad. Uh, so let's get into this week's show, our uh, 2016 CNY Comedy Cup Takeover, featuring the very funny Will Phillips and our good friend Phil Farta. Um, this event is going to be coming up on, uh, well, the finals will be August 27th at 8 o'clock at the Radisson Hotel Utica Center. Uh, you can go to ComedyCNY.com to, uh, to get some information about that. There will be some preliminary rounds taking place on Sunday the 7th and Sunday the 14th of August. Uh, go to ComedyCNY.com for information on that. Now, uh, the reason I'm telling you this is because as these are two stand-up comedians, we're doing a little bit of something different this week. I have to preface, this is a slightly more uh, not-safe-for-work show than normal. I wouldn't say it's offensive by any means, uh, but there's some more liberal cursing and the use of casual uh, things. Casual things. <laughs> so, uh, just something to be warned out there for you fans. Again, you know, it's... I tried to rein the boys in a little bit the best I could, and they were accommodating to it. But More than anything, we make a point at this show to never censor what anybody has to say when they come in. We're not going to edit somebody. We're not going to cut somebody. So that's not the kind of show we want to be. So sometimes we go a little off the rails. Other times we stay a little on the rails. Uh, but we we'll be good... fine. We're going to see it through. No, it was fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Phil's a real funny guy, and I've seen Will perform at last year's Comedy Cup, and he was awesome. He's a really, really funny guy, and he's got a really cool story. Um, so besides that, anything else we want to hit before we jump into the show this week? Um, I'll tell you about something cool that happened real quick, something that happened this past weekend. So we were at the hotel, the reception was at the Radisson, everybody was at the bar after the reception was done. Um, what was also going on this past weekend was the Great American Irish Fest. Yes. There were a lot of people who were playing in bands in the Great American Irish Fest staying at the Radisson. Mm -hmm. So at about almost two o'clock in the morning down in the hotel bar, um, slowly but surely, one by one, 
different like Irish musicians with their instruments walked in and like started jamming together. Ended up being like eleven people just Hell tearing yeah. through Irish music, Hell yeah. which was a really nice way to end the night for my brother's wedding. And it was like it started it was just like two people, three people. Then a couple minutes later, there's four, and it was uh, really cool to see these people from all these different bands and you know from all over the world who pretty much tra- make a living traveling to places where they get booked to play Irish yeah. music. Just hanging out and jamming in a hotel bar. It was a nice cap to the end of the night. It was really cool. It was a nice bonus. Sort of like fireworks at the end of the evening. Uh, Andy's uh, Andy's wife, is, that's not an Irish last name. They are Polish. So were they prepared for the Irish onslaught? They have, they have some Irish. They have some Irish say, in them, but they're Polish as well. I, I was going to say, it might be a lot to take in for somebody yeah, who's never experienced it. Too. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was it was highly Irish. I'll say that much. <laughs> I'll say, uh, if my grandparents couldn't have been there, at least the music was there in spirit. Well, uh, that's a nice way to close it up. Let's get into our first segment uh, joining us this week. Uh, our good friend, he is the, I guess he calls himself the owner of Comedy CNY. Uh, Phil Farda, he'll be joining us for segment number one. And then we'll get into Will Phillips in the story today. We'll be right back. I think I left my phone on. Did you leave your phone on? My phone was on. Well, because I want the people to know. Like, if I'm getting calls and, like, blowing up, I need the people to... <laughs> I need fair. the listeners to understand. It's fair. Uh, and we're very happy to have him back. Uh, this is his third time on the show, uh, celebrating CNY Comedy Cup 2016 for the Comedy Cup takeover of the Uticast. It's Phil Farta. Hey, guys. How are you? It's Comedy CNY now. I know. I just, oh, I'm right. bad with names of things. That's and all also right. I mean, you got all the right letters and words in there. <laughs> you just got them in uh, a totally random order. That's fine. Well, Phil, since we have you here, and since they're in uh, visible sight, Kev, do you mind grabbing one of those for me? One of what? One of those small trophies. Oh, here you go. Uh, congratulations, oh. Phil. You are now the first person to be on the show three times. Welcome. What? Welcome back to the show. I three... have a trophy? Yeah, it's a Hot Wheels trophy. You're in the winner's circle. This is incredible. <laughs> I, you know, it's good to be on three times. Thanks, guys. I like hanging out with you guys. I wish Aaron was here. Yeah, we wish Aaron was here, too. Sometimes uh, well, I miss You her. guys are all right, I guess. We do okay. We do okay. She never, she's never given me a trophy. <laughs> well, we'll, have to get, we'll have to get some runners-up trophies for ourselves, I guess. <laughs> Aaron's always number one in all of our hearts. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is nice. I might just make this the comedy cup. Like, I might, just, <laughs> I might re-sticker this and make this the cup. How fucking disappointing would that be <laughs> if you beat out 17 other local comedians and I hand you this? Uh, well, we'll take a picture of it. Oh, yeah, it's very... It sounds like it's metal. very small and plastic. <laughs> it's got to be two This is inch. not pure gold. This is not... Oh my god. We were gonna spray paint it's them. muted beige. Uh, <laughs> we, had talk, we had talked about spray painting them. Uh so so Phil, we uh we talked on the phone a little bit yesterday because uh you know, we hadn't spoken in a while and we wanted to get you on for, for the comedy cup and uh, and you were telling me you're having problems with your car, man. Are you alright with your oh car? Oh my god. No, I had a lot of trouble with my car. This is a real sore subject. I wish you <laughs> I wish I knew you were going to bring this up. I want to tell you, that it was inc- I was surprised that you called me yesterday. It was like unreal when somebody, you know, I was texting you and my phone rang. I'm like, nobody what calls happened? anymore. It's like, he, I'm like, my first thought was he must have accidentally hit call, <laughs> but you didn't. You actually, you That's, got. Well, we jumped second. I was going to say that for the last segment, but I do want to talk about it. No, it's okay uh, because it ties in. Like, I actually sent you a prerequisite text message that says, can I call you? Which you should. That's right. That's the right uh, process. I feel like in today's day and age, if you're going to call me, give me a heads up that you're going to call me. Because I'm not always prepared to receive a phone call. I had a, somebody emailed me to book a show. They wanted to, to book like a comedy night. And I called and they answered the phone and went, you have the worst timing. That's how they answered. Like I couldn't call them without the heads up. Yeah. So you have to send the pre-call text. It's the well, rules. Well, because I learned this over years of doing it the wrong way. Like, I've I've had people send me a text message. They'll be like, what are you up to? And I'll just call them back. And they're just like, wait, wait what's going on? Like, I was I was at work. I was just calling you because I, I was texting you because I was bored. This is not, like, yeah. conversation time. I was like, oh. No, it's got, like, you're, you're still, your grandfather's DNA is making you do that. That's not, I don't know. Do here's my, here's why I called you. All right, because I wanted to talk to you about uh, having you on the show and having Will on the show, and I felt like if we were having a text message conversation, uh, it would have lost some of the internal context of having a, a talk, yeah. and you would have 
it would have come off as me being like, to hell with you, I don't want you on the show. Send me your buddy Will. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want it to come off like that. I was like, I need to have a phone conversation so I can explain the oh, whole I've process. S- I've still taken it that way. I do. <laughs> the phone call didn't matter at all. <laughs> I do. I like phone. Uh, the phone call lets you condense. Like, you could do, like, 35 minutes of text messages uh, uh, down to probably one sentence on the right. phone. I like that. What The other side of that coin, though, is that after we got that two-minute conversation of determining what we were going to do for this out of the way, we then did talk for about eight minutes about other stuff. So Everything else, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens with the phone call. Uh, I don't remember anyone's phone numbers anymore, either. That's that's another thing that cell phones have ruined for me. I used to know people's phone numbers by heart. That's not a real thing anymore. You don't have to, yeah. You don't have to, but like if so, if you lost your cell phone, like if you were out in the, like the woods and you your cell phone went dead and you got to a pay phone, do you know anyone's phone number to call? Never, no. Not, and no. I don't, dude, I, my phone died. I went to Camilla's to do uh, the podcast last week, and oh, my phone yes. died. And I'm, now it's happening to me with directions, because I, I rely on my GPS. I don't know how to get anywhere. I just punch the address in, Yeah. and my phone died, and like I didn't know how to get home. <laughs> I was in Camilla's, so I just didn't know where to go to get it's, home. It's crazy how quickly we've come to, I mean, because the technology still hasn't been here for that long, but how quickly we've come to rely on things like, you know... GPS, having basic calculator, the address book, everything like that. Like, the whole world is the phone these days. Anytime somebody asks me how to get somewhere, I'm like, just give them the address. And yeah. They're like, can you give me directions? I'm like, Here, here's the address, you idiot. Well, I assume need. everybody has GPS. Yeah. That's Google culture, though. Like, I, I get frustrated when people ask me a question that I most certainly don't have the answer to. They're like, how old is Jeff Goldblum? I'm like, I don't know. Just look yeah. on your computer pocket. Takes, like, yeah, you could yeah. look it up. Well, how do you guys feel about self-driving cars? Are you looking forward to that? Because my father's not. He's all totally against it, but I am totally for uh, it. I, as, a, as a, like, the bigger picture, I seem like, yeah, pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing to maybe try to get into. But for me personally, I, I wouldn't want to take away the choice to be able to drive the car. I need to be able to drive the car sometimes. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm, like, I'm bringing this back to the car thing. I would I, miss yeah, yeah. driving, I think. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to do this. I'd like to get in the car... Set it to go f- and then fall asleep and then just die in a car crash. That's what I would like. To that's do. fair. To me, that's, that's what you are like the self-driving car. That's how it ends. Uh, <laughs> like, see, for, for sure. With- I think they're supposed to crash less. Well, that's what they said, right? I'm, I, I love. I will totally rely on technology. My my dad's really against. You're gonna it. ride or die with technology. Ride or die. Yeah, my, my dad thinks it'll drive you into the ocean for some reason. I go back and forth with this. I'm a terrible driver. Like I'm one of the worst drivers that any one of my that's friends know. Text and driver. You do. no, I'm just bad. I just I'm not. I have bad like muscle coordination. I step on the pedal real hard. I go fast. I don't pay attention. You're not a nervous comfortable over things. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So like. For for a guy like me who's just an accident waiting to happen once I get to a certain age, uh, I feel like the self-driving car is like good for my longevity. Like I might do well with a self-driving car. Also, uh, I took a lot of the subway when I was living in New York City. Take a shot, and I like the idea that I can get in my car, program it to go to work, and then read a book for ten minutes in my car while I'm driving to work. That's kind right. of an attractive feature. And then crash and die while you're reading crash a book. and die while reading yeah. a book. That's still a good way to go. If I, reading yeah. a book in a car crash seems like the way to go. I'm convinced like. that I just. I just see that something, it takes one wrong line of code and they're just yeah. hard and <laughs> yeah. just left and right crashing into each other. You'll be hacking into your computer. And it's going to be something stupid. It's just going to turn like into a tree. It's going to be amazing. Well, you also, you've been talking to your dad too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a car this week, so my dad's uh, driving me everywhere. Well, now we get into a different thing, though, because like, all right, so self-driving car, you assume that's run by a computer. So if you have a self-driving car, someone can certainly go and look at where your car has been programmed to go. It's like, where were you last night? Oh, honey, I was over at, at Bob's house. Oh, yeah? I went through your hard drive. It looks like you were at Peepers. It's like, mm, no, someone hacked my car. And have, have you been cheated on, Sam? Many times. Yeah, me Many too. Many times. I've also... dark for a second, but yeah. just that... that feels point, real dark today. That yeah. point was, like, really poignant about being cheated. Like, you're nervous about that, right? You can't with social media and stuff. Now, it's getting to the point where you have to be accountable. Well, hey, like, social media, it's funny. I like, feel like it makes it easier for people to cheat or to get caught. I, I, think, I think what happens, for, I think something that happens with social media a lot more for people, um, whenever you're with somebody and you have like some sort of a breakup, you, you, know, you go through the period of time where you're not with them, you don't talk to them anymore, and you sort of separate them out of your system, and then the doors naturally close and you move forward in other relationships. I think stuff like Facebook, Instagram, whatever, makes it way, way too easy 
for you to stay connected with somebody you broke up with, somebody you used to see, somebody you used to whatever. And it always leaves those doors open and it makes you like that, always reminds you of that person and it makes it harder to put them out of mind. Yeah, you I can. think for some people, and not to say that it's an excuse for if you're going to do it, you still have to be a good person, but I think for some people who might have been prone to it but not had the opportunity before, I think that now they're given an opportunity to give in to that weakness. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's also too, it's like, I think for a long, social media is a relatively new concept in terms of like how people communicate on the internet and stuff, right? I think for a long time, like people were making the mistakes of non-experience is like, oh, I'm just going to meet somebody on Facebook, not realizing how easy it is for someone to see your Facebook messages or like whatever. Like there's like a learning curve where people were using social media improperly. For sure. I just ran into that recently with Snapchat. I was like screenshotting everything. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that it was notifying the other party. Oh, yeah. So you got, like, so Kristen Lupia in a bikini or something, and I'm like, click, click, and it's like, oh, so, shit. So what happened? Did somebody screenshot you, and they're like, what is this notification? It Why happened. would it tell me right. that this it, happened? Right, Wait a it minute. came up, and I'm like, it was a different icon, and I had to do a lot of research. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that must have been. Maybe you can answer this for me. So the other day, I follow a lot of porn stars on sure. Snapchat, because they, they post the best stuff. And then... Uh, <laughs> I just became friends with uh, Kristen Lupia. You know Kristen, probably, right? Uh, I don't fun, know. Fun. Sounds like a nice, name. wonderful, wonderful young lady. So uh, this uh, porn star snap came up, and it was like her tits obviously were out, right? And I wanted to screenshot it, but I waited a little too long, and it started to slide to the next slide. So oh. it was like half a porn star thing, but then it was also a Kristen snap. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, I wonder, does it notify her? Probably. Probably, right? That's yeah. what I thought. So guess yeah. what I did? I overcompensated and sent her a long series of, of uh, like uh, direct messages explaining what oh. had happened. Oh no! Oh no! And oh, I went no. so far. Oh, no. to, I also sent her the actual image to prove that oh. I was lying. Oh. So oh, I was like, God. "Here's a titty, and then <laughs> your half of your ass." And so that I see that she opens it, and I, she hasn't talked to me since. I don't know. Uh, that's. <laughs> Like I'm, it fills me with anxiety. Oh There's my god, weird... it's filling me with anxiety. Yes. It's not even my life. There's a weird uh, Snapchat compared to the rest of the social media like outlets, your Twitters and Facebooks and whatever. There's something very uh, dark to me about Snapchat. I feel like there's a lot of like... Uh, I think we might just be old. I, I think, think this, yeah. I think that's like the first new thing to come around where we're like a little bit too old. Like I don't use it the way a lot of people do. Like I'm not snapping my whole day. I don't really look at like stories all that often. Sure. I use it as like a direct form of messaging. Like there's some people I know like my brother's real good on Snapchat. He'll be sending me funny stuff here and there. Yeah, and some people are great. Things like that but I don't really... But there's that weird... I feel like, like I missed the boat on Snapchat. There's a lot of that off the menu Snapchat stuff where you can like hold the screen and turn your face into a zombie and like stuff that I didn't understand you could do until just recently and even that makes me sort of like this is weird. All I've, seen, I've seen some comedians put it to good use. Yeah. I, I know I can one imagine who... Would be, yeah, yeah, he creates characters with the filters and uh, it's really funny content. So yeah. I like that. That's something I never thought of actually. That's probably a pretty decent medium for it's, comedians. It's an excellent to, uh, use of it. Yeah, because yeah, it gives you that rather than video just, and just posting what you had for dinner. Or what like. is your social media platform of choice? You would say, um, I, Facebook, really, probably. It's just I have the most, uh, the largest audience base there. Yeah, I'm on it the most. But I like uh, I like Twitter because they Twitter's like uncensored. You can get a lot of porn on Twitter. So you can have <laughs> comes back around. Yeah, yeah, you can have like like Instagram is all right, but there's no tits. You can't see a tit on Instagram. Artsy ones you can. So, so well. Who cares about them? <laughs> I don't, I'm not in it for the art. Um, <laughs> well, I, I feel like Facebook is a, is the most... Um, I, I go back and forth, because Facebook certainly has the most engagement. People seem to be more willing to engage on something I on Facebook. There's, there's more people. There's everybody, more people on Facebook. Everybody yeah. has Facebook. Um, because, because of that, Facebook is sort of frustrating and overwhelming, because it's like people I only sort of know who I've been Facebook friends with for like 10 years saying some stuff that I have to either decide to ignore or block. Yeah, right, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love the unfollow. The unfollow is great. There's a weird, nice moment of unfollowing I, there, joy. There, there's a self-satisfaction. There's a moment of real liberation when I decide. Somebody will post something, and I'll go, that's the one that... That's the one post, <laughs> I'm cutting and you it's off. over. Unfollow. It feels great. I like to go on... I, I'll go on an unfollowing spree, which uh, if no one's ever done this for their social media, you should try it at least once. Go through all the people you follow and really look at it and see who you actually want to follow out of the people you do follow. You'll be surprised by how many people actually end up getting uh, the cut. Yeah. And then you'll be surprised about how many of those people will notice it and then comment on it to you like, hey, 
what the heck, man? You cut me. We haven't talked in six years. What's wrong with you? It's Dude, like, if, uh, if I see the name Jesus and it's not talking about a Puerto Rican kid, unfollow. <laughs> unfollow. I don't have time for that shit. So uh, uh, political seasons led to a lot of unfollows. Uh, yeah, political seasons. Yeah, a lot day. of people losing a lot of respect all over Facebook for folks. Uh, well, uh, Phil, we're going to have you come back on and hang out with us for the last segment as well. Uh, Does he get a trophy for that segment as well? No, no, the trophy is all-encompassing. Oh, uh, this is already on eBay. I, uh, this is on eBay right now. You can go uh, <laughs> to ComedyCNY.com. You can buy this trophy. <laughs> uh, so before we get into uh, the interview segment, can you just give us a quick shout-out about uh, about this upcoming Comedy Cup? Yeah, man. So this year, we're, uh, we're a lot bigger than last year. It's our second year doing it. It's called the 2016 Utica Comedy Cup. It's uh, open just to local comedians uh, within a certain radius of the city, I guess, in the area. We have 17 contestants this year, performers. Uh, new, most of them I don't know personally. I, I have just strangers coming out of the woodwork, mm. uh, taking the stage probably for the first time, a yeah, lot of these awesome. people. Um, so it's th- that... <laughs> That sort of element of the unknown is exciting, uh-huh. um, and we had enough people sign up where we had to break it up into playoff rounds. So this year, yeah, there's, I saw that. there's three shows. We got, uh, and, and the first one is next Sunday, August seventh. Uh, this well, this coming Sunday, August seventh, yeah. and then following uh, Sunday, August fourteenth. So uh, the first half of the performers will go up on Sunday, and then next week. The second uh, half will go on, and the audience gets to vote. So it's entirely crowd dependent. It's, that's why it makes it kind of a fun show to come out to. You don't know what you're going to see. I I don't even know what the yeah. performances are going to be like. Uh, and then you get to vote for your favorite, which is cool. You kind of get to determine how the how the the, the event goes. Uh, the top four people will advance to the finals, which is at uh, the Radisson on August 27th, mm. and that's the show that you guys were at last year. Yeah, it's awesome. that was huge. So much and fun. So this year, I think it'll be. Uh, you know, just just as exciting. Yeah. Uh, and again, we're sponsored again this year by uh, Nick Pasolacqua, my yeah. attorney. Really? He's a great dude. Yeah, CNY. I've known Nick Pasolacqua since we were like twelve or so. No we went kidding, to school man. together. Yeah. yeah, he grew up right here in South. He Utah. is sponsored um, our trivia nights, our comedy events. Our like, he's been really, really supportive. So uh, CNYTriallaw.com. I have to give them a shout out. Oh, no he's, doubt. He's been really great. Went to high school with him. He's a good kid. Used to see him at Belvedere's eating sub sandwiches. He's real all the handsome time. too. I Very like, handsome. I feel I've never seen him without a shirt, but I'm almost sure he's got abs. He was on my lacrosse team. I think he does have abs, if I remember He's got correctly. abs. I'm sure uh, he does. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into this week's interview. But before we do, uh, this episode of the Uticast is brought to you by our sponsor, the Adirondack Scenic Railroad. Uh, if you saw our Made in Utica video from the Beer and Wine Train, which was a lot of fun, uh, you can go to MadeInUtica.com and check that out. Guess what? There's another one coming up. August 12th. Go to AdirondackRR.com for all the information. It's going to have live music, uh, affordable booze, uh, wonderful food, and great, great, beautiful Adirondack scenery as you ride from Utica to Remsen in style and leisure like a gentleman. No, thank you. Thank you. That's that sounds good. like a nice time. It does. Adirondack Scenic Railroad. It's more than just a train ride. Okay, so let's get into this week's interview uh, with a guy I saw in the 2015 uh, CNY Comedy Cup, your man, Will Phillips. Uh, this is your boy, Phil. Hi, I love Will, man. I met Will uh, at an open mic. Yeah. And it was like finding a, a gem in, in a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like. And that's not maybe not, not the right context for the tram, because I love the tram, but I was at an open mic at the tram. <laughs> Shout out to Robin, that's my girl. Robin and Garrett are the best. It's just Here's the thing, so when, when it comes to comedy open mic, it's always like the newest yeah. comics working on the newest material. You, there's, you have no expectations. And uh, Will went up and I thought, well, this guy's probably going to be terrible. And he was outstanding. Like, I was crying laughing and then I talked, found, found yeah. him after the show. I, I had just returned from a defeated yeah. <laughs> time in L.A. and uh, was looking for solace somewhere, and I found it. I asked him, like, how long have you been doing this? He had clearly, had yeah. clearly been doing comedy, you can tell. All right, well, uh, we, we saw Will last time, and he was great. So we're going to take you to my uh, our 20-minute interview here with Will, and then we're going to come back. Uh, so we'll be back in just a moment.
retrospect, what did you think about your first film? Uh, oh, the film series. Yeah. Oh man, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was fun, man. I, I think it wasn't until that day that I was like, "What if it rains?" Yeah, I didn't think, yeah, I, I didn't, right? I didn't like think yeah. about it until then. Uh, <laughs> no, I had a lot of fun. I could watch Jurassic Park all the time, constantly. Man, could we talk about this on the thing? We're talking about it right now. Oh, We're on right. the air right now. Oh, yeah, we man. are. It's all right. my film. It's our film thing. We can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Man. So, uh, yeah, no, we we talked about this briefly. Yeah. Uh, I just think that uh, Jurassic Park's one of the, the few movies that uh, yeah. would be just as good with no conflict. No, yeah. So if it was just like, hey, hey, you want to come down to our dinosaur park and see a bunch of dinosaurs? Here's some the Triceratops and here's a T-Rex. And how'd you like it? It was awesome. Great. And then it was the end of the movie. That'd be great. I mean, uh, I'd watch that movie for sure. And yeah. what was funny about that movie to me is um, I don't want to get too far into movies because we spent the last two weeks talking about movies. My apologies. No, no, no. It's, it's great. I saw your on your Twitter handle that your your Twitter profile just says Jurassic Park on it. So yeah, that's it. I kind of expected that uh, to a certain extent. But um, I do think uh, with that movie, that's like a weird golden age of movie between 92 and 90, I want to say like 6, where the special effects didn't get so overwhelming right. that it became like a CGI shit show. Yeah, right? oh man, because we, we definitely get moved into that period. Yeah, really quickly. And it was terrible. There's, I just watched a video on the internet about this, about like the dark age of cinema, which was like from 2008 to like the beginning of oh, I agree like with 2010s, that. when it was just like... Just hot garbage, just throwing out. And at I remember you. when, like, they're always saying like Lucas is supposed to be the pioneer, right? But mm. then when he released those prequels, they look like goddamn cartoons. Oh, it's, sorry, I can't say that. Oh uh, well, we we were we now we we already I already put a, a not safe for work warning. <laughs> Whenever stand up comedians come in, we always All have right. this thing. I have to sort of let people know it's going to be more vulgar than normal. That's okay though. Um, but listen, Will Phillips, man, I'm actually glad to have you here. Uh, a couple weeks before the start of the uh, well, I guess next week the start is the week of the comedy cup. Yeah. Because the first time I ever saw you perform, actually, the first time I saw you in public was at last year's CNY Comedy Cup. Yeah. Uh, to which you were so funny, I was like, why isn't he in the competition? He could win. Uh, <laughs> so, I just, I, I've been around a little while. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, not to the point where you would know my name or anything, but I I, I don't know. I've I just been, I've been poking around. Mm -hmm. I, I, I always tend to, like, disappear. I pull myself out of the uh, scene for a little while on, at a time. It's important. You don't want people to, uh, to get too comfortable with Yeah, that. and plus, uh, maybe it's a form of self-sabotage. Who knows? Of course. That's all, <laughs> all creative folks have that self-sabotage yeah. in us. Believe me. Uh, well, let me, uh, let me start, like, uh, where we normally start with these interviews. And let's start a little bit with you, man. Where were you? Uh, are you born in this region? Or were you a I transplant? Was, no, I'm, I was born in this region. I was born in uh, Cooperstown. Cooperstown? Uh, oh, yeah, nice, I, man. I grew up in uh, Richfield Springs. Do you know where that is? Uh, vaguely. I'm familiar with the yeah. name Richfield Springs. Yeah, it's just a little, there. it's a town that's got, like, 1,400 people. And, ah. and it smells like a sulfur spring. So oh, you, nice. you drive through it and it smells like a big fart. <laughs> Uh, you got family still out there? Uh, yeah, my mom's still out there. My dad's in Oleana's. So I, I got a few uh, you know, family here and there trickled around. Oh, you got parents different locations? Yeah. Divorced parents? Yeah. I'm yeah. also like adopted, so I don't like, oh. I don't really have like a strong sense of family. Yeah, I, I've, I've talked a couple times over the over the last few months about that with people on the show. I was a uh, child of divorce, uh, so I have these two very large looming sides of family that are both like these force of personalities that yeah. I get somewhere caught in between. Uh, was your family supportive of like comedy career at all? Were they into comedy growing up? Boy, uh, my <laughs> my mom was pretty supportive in, sh in whatever I wanted to do, but my dad just wanted me to go work for the state. Yeah, the state. That seems that's, like a that's the thing that people. <laughs> that's do. fair. You work for the state, man. It's a solid job. Yeah. You get a four hundred one k. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's got a lawsuit cooking with him, and like, <laughs> he's not selling it anymore. It's like I hey, screw the state, you know. <laughs> So I'm like, all right. So you went to Richfield Springs for like high school and stuff? Yeah, well, it was a so small little town, so K through 12 was all in the same building. Mm. You still was... friendly with anyone? From that yeah, area? actually, uh, yeah, my hometown friends are still my close. That's cool. Close friends, yeah. It's a, it's, it's unique. It's like kind of unique to this type of area. We get thrown. I always get questions asked to me because I tend to live in close proximity to guys who are my friends and yeah. business partners, and I think a lot of people are thrown off. They're like, "Wow, you got a lot of like close friends who are still around." I guess I'm like a 30 year old male. I'm single. So it's weird that I don't have like a wife or kids or I'm, anything. I'm the same way. I'm with you. But but like it's like but what do you fill that time with if you don't have a wife or kids? You have your your close friends. Yeah. I never had brothers growing up, so like my buddies are always like my brothers. Same. So having yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like I said. I don't really have a strong sense of family, but I would say my my friends. Are your kind friends. Of, yeah. Well, you know, that's, that happens when you grow up in a place where you don't have a strong sense of family. Your friends sort of take that surrogate role. Like because I yeah. felt like my. My parents were divorced, and as an individual, I felt a little alienated by it. I probably drew closer to the people who were my friends as a defense mechanism, I would sure, assume. Sure, yeah. Right? Uh, did, you, uh, did you go to college? 
Yeah, I went to college twice. Uh, ah, nice. Me too. Well, I got a, got a bunch of useless degrees. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went to SUNY Oneonta, got mm-hmm. a degree, and then I went to uh, Syracuse uh, University oh, to the nice. Newhouse School. I got a master's in oh, the... What was that like, man? Uh, it was fun. It was highly impractical. I didn't, really? Uh, I wouldn't yeah. recommend, a, 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 you know, for, for what I went for. I went. I got the most useless degree, like TV and film production. And yeah. then I didn't even focus on the practical aspects of TV and film production. I was just like, oh, I want to write. Writing, dude, and yeah. And so, so yeah, like, man. basically I came away from this with all this <laughs> debt and, like, a very small amount of skills. Uh-huh. And then I kicked off to L.A., and, uh, that, and that didn't work out. So you were in L.A. for <laughs> how long were you out in L.A.? Uh, six years. Six years in L.A. Yeah. Did you, uh, were you just trying to get into like TV industry, movie industry, acting? Yeah, I was, I was in TV. Yeah. Uh, I, I was an assistant on a bunch of shows. Nice. Uh, the first one was Family Guy. Really? Yeah. What was that like? Uh, kind of bad. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Is it like a? It does. It seems because it seems like from the sound of it, I worked as an assistant on Family Guy, this well-known television show. That's yeah, everyone pop. thinks it's going to be real seems, hot. Uh, yeah. Same, same with me. That was like, could you imagine <laughs> me uh, getting like that first job? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, it was. It was like the greatest experience. And then I just, uh, it was a real interesting work environment. I'll, mm. I'll put it that way. Lots of uh, tension. Tension. Yeah, that makes tension sense. Tension and, and, and egos, and then uh, me being real insecure about myself. Sure. Like that really made me because of the kind of tasks I was being required to do, like mm-hmm. picking up dry cleaning and stuff like that. I knew, yeah. I knew, the I non glamorous stuff. Yeah, like, and I knew all that. Like, I knew I was gonna have to do that stuff. But mm-hmm. like, the more I did it, I was like, man, this really sucks. And then I would just like take that weird negative energy home with me and uh it, it would just destroy my productivity i'm just taking a shot in the dark here but uh, i've been an assistant before in smaller level things not like a big time show like that but i used to be an assistant at the college i worked at a long time ago right yeah and even that job when you're being an assistant like we need you to go pick up uh 100 copies of this from the coffee machine. we need you to go get uh coffee from the coffee store whatever you know what i mean yeah at least when you did those jobs on a small scale and you came back people seemed Appreciative, like thank you for going to do this. Yeah, I feel like on a big scale, like level like that, short probably supply. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, thanks for doing your job. Jordan. The thank you know yous I mean? are in short supply. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't do it, we got fifteen thousand other people that would love to do it. Like, what did you, What did you think of Los Angeles as a city, though? I did like Southern California. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot to like. The, the weather uh, is great, and the food. I can't say enough good things. Really, about, like, the food, man. You could throw a rock and hit whatever type of food you want. Yeah, I always felt like. Uh, I got a, buddy, a lot of buddies who lived in the East Coast and um, and spent time in L.A., and they felt like they had that weird East Coast bias that sort of ruined their ability to enjoy the West Coast the way they properly could otherwise. Like, there's a little bit no, of, No, like, I mean, there's real crappy pizza. Yeah, I've heard that. I've, yeah. I've heard that everywhere outside of, like, this region, though. Yeah, well, this is a good region for pizza, and I think we take that for granted. I had pizza for lunch today. It's good, <laughs> man. Um, all right, so you're sending... So you spent six years in L.A., uh... Was there like a big moment for you that you decided you were going to come back, or did you just say the hell with it? I'm a big out? moment? No, there was a bunch of uh, defeats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, I worked on uh, I worked on three. I separate my time in LA into like three different shows that I worked on. Sure. Uh, the, and then after the last one, it was actually a the the, the experiences got progressively more tolerable. Mm-hmm. But by the time the third show was canceled, yeah, I was like, man, I don't. I'm not in any rush to go be an assistant again. Screw this. And I got uh, kind of. I went through kind of like a weird breakdown. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I spent a bunch of money. I bought like a weird novelty car and fixed it up. I did a bunch of weird jobs. Nice. Novelty car. Yeah. It's called a commuter car. Um, commuter car? Yeah. It's I'm going to look this up on Google. It looks here. like a cheese wedge. Nice. It's, it's an electric car from the late 70s. Huh. I've always wanted a real ugly car. <laughs> and uh, I just, I didn't know anything about cars. I never worked on a car. But I was just like, I want it now. And then I, I helped a uh, guy help me fix it up. And it was uh, way more expensive than it should have been. So did you start getting into stand-up in L.A., or was this something you had touched on before? No, I, I touched on it, like, in college. And in stuff. college. Yeah, cool. and I, dabble, like, I dabbled in L.A., but I was trying to be more the TV writing guy, so yeah. I didn't focus too much on the stand-up, although I did do it. I spent a lot of time with uh, a couple buddies of mine in New York City. Right before I left Brooklyn and came back here, uh, I got into the New York City sort of Brooklyn stand-up scene because I had a bunch of buddies who that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, my buddies over at the Always Been Silly podcast, Anthony O'Connell and Brandon Scott Wolf. Uh, those guys were really, really good to me, and they let me come around. I was working on a quote-unquote novel at the time that's still sitting on my computer unfinished. Uh, but I got to spend some time with these dudes, and it's such a crazy environment to live in. And one of the things that my buddy Anthony told me was, if you're a stand-up comedian, there's really only three places that he would want to go. If he wanted to get a TV deal as his own stand-up, he'd go to New York. 
if he wanted to work on stage, he'd go to Chicago. And if he wanted to work on a television show, he'd go to L.A. And that's sort of how he, he sure. broke down the entire concept of it to me. And I don't know if that's an oversimplification, but do you feel like that's something that was kind of common in your... Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the, a lot of people that were uh, kind of dabbling in stand-up in L.A. didn't yeah. have their heart in it. They were just looking to be discovered. Right. They, they didn't really uh, care about the art, necessarily. That makes sense, to yeah. a certain extent. Um, yeah. Would you, but you, but I guess for a guy who wanted to be a writer, it made sense that you would go to LA and not a Chicago or right. New York because yeah. you're really trying to make your name so you can get into something. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and I, but I did see you at the, at the 2015 CNY Comedy Cup. You were very funny. Thanks. Uh, I always grew up watching a lot of stand up comedy as a kid because my sister was into it for a long time. She was about 10 years older than me. She spent time in New York doing like stand up, mostly like cabaret, like musical kind of comedy. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I remember as a kid, even watching, like, this is embarrassing to say now because he's such a piece of trash, but uh, Gallagher used to be on, oh, yeah. like, Comedy Central all the time when I was a little kid. I must have seen, like, every Gallagher stand-up. Wow, that was a real harsh way you came out of it. It's a harsh I know. What happened? Tough. Did you have an, a, a, an incident with Gallagher? Uh, no. I know he was poking around here for a while, right? No, he, uh, I gave up on Gallagher because he walked out of that Mark Maron episode a couple, it was a long time ago, it was like one of the oh, first Mark Maron right. episodes ever that I remember being like, damn, that was amazing, like, wow. uh, Gallagher walked out on Maron live in the air, it was very funny, was Gallagher's, he, wasn't he living in this area? I hope, I've heard rumors about that, but honestly, I feel like I would have noticed him, he's pretty <laughs> obvious, he carries that big dumb yeah, he's got watermelons uh, and stuff, but for you, yeah, no, I, just carry, I assume he just carries watermelons yeah, yeah. around all the time. Um, did you have like any initial comics who were big for you growing up, like in influential to you at all? I sure did. Uh, and I was probably too young for this stuff, but yeah. it really just shaped, uh, shaped who I, I really loved, uh, Carlin. Yeah. I, Carlin. I loved, I loved the harsh Carlin. Yeah. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, as an adolescent, that's, that's who, that's the Carlin that was out at that mm -hmm. time. So that's who I knew and I loved it. Yeah. Cause he was like saying some real dark stuff and I was like, oh man, that's acceptable to say that. Like, that's real cool. And then the lighthearted part of me likes... Seinfeld. I, I was I, watching Seinfeld as you know, at fourteen years old, when you know uh, other people were watching other stuff. Those were yeah. I think I was too young to enjoy. Seinfeld. My parents liked Seinfeld, so I sort of got sucked into Seinfeld probably earlier than I should have. Seinfeld age is like a fine line. I'll, I'll pick it up on, on like a, just a random day, and I'll like <laughs> laugh. It's like awesome. I've spent a lot of time in New York while I was down there, so there's also that weird New York City part of Seinfeld that really hits me right in the sweet spot as well. Like I love that whole thing. But I want to get back to Carlin for okay. a second. Because one of the things I loved about George Carlin, love George Carlin, yeah. is that sometimes I listen to George Carlin, and I'm not even laughing. I'm just like, oh my god, this guy is an absolute genius. Right. Yeah. He sees the world in a different way. He's a thinker. And I, and yeah. I do think that there is an interesting uh, sort of Venn diagram crossover sphere of influence between people who are very very smart and people who are very funny. And if you live in that center world, you can be that kind of person who is insightful, but also comedic but also brilliant and carlin was a such yeah. a perfect example of that i uh, just always I, mean, I always admire a great comedian because it seems like that they're just getting paid to be themselves and mm -hmm. like that is like kind of nice and yeah. sexy <laughs> how do you feel about like comedians who i i, when I was a big pat oswald guy and as pat oswald has gone through his career arc i've sort of gone in and out because i feel like he's he had a kid and got married and then notwithstanding the horrible tragedy that he just yeah. went through with his wife but for a period of time, I felt like I had gr he had grown past where I was to enjoy his comedy. As he okay. got more family-oriented and more into having a wife and stuff, I didn't relate to him the way I did when it was, like, talking about comic books and, and farts and yeah, movies. Yeah, I hear like, you. I mean, like, so I, I wonder, is there any comics like that for you, like guys you really liked that sort of got away from you as time went on or moved in different directions? Can I, uh, this isn't live, is it? If I sit no. here with dead air for like a five seconds and think about this, <laughs> can I do that? No, no, that's totally uh, fine. I don't know. I got someone who like I kind of grew, or they grew past me. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the opposite was like Dane Cook. I feel like Dane Cook hit me in a weird time and I thought it was really funny and then almost immediately I realized it was no longer funny and now Dane Cook only exists in this one That that is really that comes as close as as yeah as, yeah, as I can think of. Yeah. Mm. Cuz I remember when it, that first CD came out everyone was like, "Oh, you got to listen to this Dane Cook guy." And everyone was like, oh, "Okay." Dane and, <laughs> he's such a punching bag now, yeah. but I I would be lying if I said that when that album didn't come out me and Kevin, co-host of the show, didn't sit in my car and listen to the whole yeah, thing. I agree. Laughing so hard that I couldn't... Like, I, maybe it was the age. I don't remember exactly what year that was, but 
it fell off very quickly. I thought it was strange. I think he hit, got hit with a lot of bad press, really, at the same time. I will say that, like, uh, when I was, like, a teenager and spending money recklessly, I still do that. But sure. when I was doing right. it, I was buying a lot of comedy albums. Comedy albums, yeah. And uh, I would buy stuff from guys I didn't really know about just because I was curious. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember wanting to like Dennis Miller more than I did. Yeah. Uh, he uh, just was, like, a lot of words. Dennis wow. <laughs> Leary was like that a little bit for me, too. Like, yeah. I had No Cure for Cancer when it came out, and now I listen to it, and it's a little cringeworthy for me. Like, I'm like, man, this is a really time and place album. Like, I feel like yeah. I feel like this Donald Trump, this this Dennis Leary would vote for Donald Trump, right? Like, that, like <laughs> this era, No Cure for Cancer, Dennis Leary is, like, right in the wheelhouse for people I don't really... It's frightening. And it's horrifying, isn't it? Uh, so, uh... You, uh, you'll be hanging around at this this year's 2016 CNY Comedy Cup. You might be one of the judges. You'll be doing all sorts of stuff. Yes, sir. I'm going to be helping my buddy Phil out. Uh, and Phil, uh, we're happy to have you and Phil on the show this week. And I really appreciate you coming in to do this. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and it's a real pleasure. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Uh, before I let you go, though, I do have some lightning round questions here for you to delve into before we close up. And these are Rock all pretty straightforward. Let's start off with my uh, first one always. How do you take your coffee in the morning? Uh, uh, black with cream. Black with cream. Yeah. Black with cream. Black's been the hot run lately. The last three episodes, I think uh, it's all black coffee. Iced coffee. Iced black with cream. I drink a lot of iced coffee. Actually, that's now. not black if it's cream. No, it's a good black. It's just the cream. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's no sugar. Yeah. No yeah. sugar. That's fair. Uh, I drink a lot of iced coffee now. I actually have, I usually make coffee just to put in a glass container. It's and the put only it in way to go, man. Yeah. Have you ever cold brewed? I don't feel, I feel like it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. But it takes me. a lot of the acidity out of it. Uh, actually, this is real behind the curtain. I buy that flavored uh, Southern Pecan coffee from Utica Coffee Roasters. We're not sponsoring them this week. I'm just chilling for them for free. Uh, sure. And I freeze. I put that one in the fridge, and it's excellent. Nice. It's very nice. Uh, all right, what was your first car? My first car was a white 1990 uh, Mercury Grand Marquis. Ooh, Grand it was Marquis. A, it was, yes, this was grand. My grandfather had a Grand Marquis. It leaked every fluid you put into it. Ooh. There were, like, I didn't even think that <laughs> gas could freeze, but, like, there were, like, gasicles under the car in the winter. It was real, uh, a real sweet ride. And with your 1990 Mercury Grand Marquis, which I assume was the tightest, where did you take that car to see your first concert? Oh, I saw Alice Cooper. Ooh. At uh, Turning Stone, actually. Alice Cooper at Turning. It was in Halloween show. Yeah. Oh man. This was probably uh, this was probably like two thousand or two thousand one. Sadly, my first immediate thought when it comes to Alice Cooper is Wayne's World. I know that's not like. Well, that's a great scene. It's a, it's a good scene. Although I, I, going back to Carlin, I will say that Carlin was at uh, Turning Stone. It was kind of an interesting uh, story. Yeah. But he was uh, he was gearing up for his next special. This was two thousand one, mm-hmm. and uh, this was before nine eleven happened. Yeah. And the tentative title of his next special was supposed to be called I Kinda Like It When a Lot of People Die. Yeah. And uh, so I went to see, I guess, what, what would be considered a tune-up for that yeah. show. And I got to see a lot of classic dark, dark, dark yeah. Carlin. But like when 9-11 happened, he kind of had to swap out yeah. a lot of that old material. There's a weird era of Carlin, if you listen to uh, before 9-11, where it sort of seemed like he was kind of edging toward like a direction to make jokes like that yeah. and then if you listen to those albums now you get a little cringeworthy like mm, I see where he's going here I see where he's going but you know what I always stand behind the fact that if people if enough people laugh it's not inappropriate right like right. Uh, last year uh, and I think I guess you know, last year at, this, at the comedy cup uh, there was uh, Ben Amin who was performing yeah yeah <laughs> the crowd didn't buy it because they didn't understand what he was doing I'm a wrestling fan I love him I think he's hilarious I, so do I'm, I. A, I'm a huge wrestling nerd yeah. so I totally understood what he was doing I thought it was really funny but people were not ready to laugh at no, him no but he definitely sold his persona as a wrestler oh my god he was so <laughs> good. I, think he, I think people were uh, a little like oh Jesus yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? no I thought he was great but like, but again I think that's sort of the same thing like Comedy is very fluid in that way. It's really time sensitive. And to go back and listen to an old Dennis Leary or an old George Carlin from that era, you have to sort of keep that in your mind when you're listening yeah. to it, like the way that we were and what we thought was funny in that era. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me move on one more for you. Uh, all right, two more for you. Uh, give me one book, one film, or one album you are currently reading, watching, or listening to. Oh, I'm reading a self-help book called uh, The Tools. The Tools? Yeah, it's all about how, like, all your negative thoughts can be conquered with, like, one of four uh, mental exercises. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and it's, uh, I don't do them. Uh, But if I did them, I bet my life would be way better. Yoga, (laughs) meditation, mushrooms, and acid. That's what I would assume the four would be, right? Uh, That that would have been a much better book. (laughs) Okay. And uh, and I guess, uh, besides stand-up comedy, uh, Will Phillips, tell us one more thing you are passionate about. 
Uh, well, I like I like writing short form uh, nice. or, or long form rather. You know, you mentioned you had a novel. I really, yeah. I, I published a novel. Uh, nice. uh, and I'm looking to do a second one. What's the first? What's the novel called? Uh, it's called Hollywood Failure. Hollywood Failure is nonfiction. Fiction. It is. It's. It's fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understand. It's fiction. I'm right with you. Uh, well, Will, listen, I'm, uh, I'm really happy to have you on the show. Thank you for giving us your Thanks, time man. this week. Uh, it's a real pleasure. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back to the rest of the show in just a moment. Oh, before I let you go, uh, where can people get at you on Twitter and Facebook and all that? Uh, the Thrill on Twitter. Uh, T-H-E-T-H-R-Y-L-L. The Thrill on Twitter. And uh, Facebook, I'm trying to like, I don't know, I'm, I've got a real love-hate relationship with Facebook. <laughs> Everyone right does. But yeah, Twitter, I'm pretty active. <laughs> well, Phil, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. We'll be back in just a moment with the rest of this week's episode. I should have told you that you didn't have to come in for that segment one I just felt, uh, I felt a lot of love going on. <laughs> I wanted to get in on that. Uh, but I wanted to thank you guys again for coming in here tonight. It's a real pleasure to have both of you guys here. Uh, how do you feel like this uh, this Comedy CNY thing has been going for you for the last year or so? Uh, it's good. I haven't declared bankruptcy yet. So that's, <laughs> yeah. so that's like my bar for success. Meanwhile, I have. <laughs> yeah. I declared bankruptcy in 2013. It's a lot of fun. Hey, listen, you can run for president. That's all I've learned from this current uh, political system is you can go bankrupt as many times as you want. Yeah, you know what? You know what doesn't happen? You don't go to jail. So no. who cares? Yeah, that's a fair that's, point. That's pretty much it. Like, I just, I just don't want to go to jail. Yeah. Anything What's the else? worst thing about, about going bankrupt? Uh, you don't get to own a house, but I don't care. Ah, someone else can buy there. Yeah. I'll inherit one or something. <laughs> <laughs> so if any of Will's relatives are listening, live fast, take chances. <laughs> Uh, so, guys, I wanted to talk a little bit with you guys since we have you here about uh, weddings. Uh, I have to go to a wedding this weekend. Kev, you just got back from your brother's wedding. Which I did. We talked briefly about in the first segment. But, I did, uh, indeed. Uh, so I'm going to a wedding this weekend, and I have to uh, bring a plus one with me. I'm bringing uh, a girl to this wedding with me. And it's very rare that I bring plus one. You got a ones. girlfriend, Sam? Yeah. Is this your girlfriend that you're dating you're bringing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Well, anyhow, I'm bringing a plus one to a wedding, which is something I don't normally ever do. So I'm kind of going to ask out here, like, overrated, underrated, bringing a plus one to a wedding or going solo? Uh, I'm going to say overrated. I'll tell you why. I think it's, um, unless, if you're bringing somebody who knows everybody and it's, like, all in the same group, it's cool. But I think it's overrated to bring somebody just to bring somebody. Because if you're bringing somebody to a wedding where you know every single person there and they don't know anybody yet... You don't want to feel like you're, you know, you have to like babysit or like you have this person you have to watch out yeah. for the whole night. Like when I go to a wedding, there's so many people I want to catch up with and talk to that I like to be unencumbered. I just had an experience at a wedding that was less than desirable, and it wasn't their fault. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was more my my girlfriend's uh, friend than mine, and so she said, "Hey, do you want to be my plus one?" And I said, "Yes, okay, sure." Oh, and, and then she said, "Oh, by the way, for the wedding gift." I'm going to be videotaping the whole night. So you're going to be sitting alone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I knew nobody, and I just sat there and drank quietly. Yeah, man. I've actually, you know what? That's a really interesting point. I've been the plus one. Being yeah. plus one is normally kind of interesting. I like being the plus one. Yeah, that's underrated. It can go underrated way. to be the plus one. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree. But the same, the same thing happened to me. The girl who took me to the wedding was in the bridal party. Yeah. Right, so now I have to go that to. That happened like, to me once too. Yeah, just like out there in the lurch the whole time. Yeah, nobody to hang out with. not. Yeah, it's a little alienating. Yeah. But you can nobody knows you, and you can just ruin the wedding. <laughs> and you can, like you can do whatever you want. And uh, if I have, I can share an anecdote with you if you don't mind. I Please. Went, this is. Uh, I'm going to take you to Halloween. Uh, this is back when like it was still funny to do blackface to like dress up as a black guy. Oh so, my god! I don't know, ten years ago or so. <laughs> and uh, I think it was longer. I went as Flavor Flav. It feels like it. Now, it feels like it, it was longer. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. though. They were doing it. So I, I went as Flavor Flav, and it was fine to just totally black yourself up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had a, I wore a huge oversized clock like a, yes. a, over on my neck, as he's known for. And yeah, Flavor Flav. It's held together with a big chain, and uh, I was invited to a party. I'd never been to the house before. And uh, they had hot cider uh, it was available. It was a really nice place. So the carpet was this beautiful, lush, three, four thick inches of most beautiful white carpet. Like they just put it in. I grab some hot cider and I walk into the living room where I don't know anybody. And I'm, as I sit down, my giant clock 
hits my knees, knocks my cup of cider out of my hand onto this white carpet and like destroys the carpet. And everybody looks at me, and it, just, it looks like I just sat down and went splash, <laughs> threw it everywhere. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting. It's real embarrassing. One of the most embarrassing times of my life. I just got up and left. <laughs> yeah, man. You didn't drop a witty line? No. No, you never talked to any of those people again. I might have said, yeah, boy, like Flavor Flav, <laughs> yeah. but I left, and now, like, there's, I hope somewhere there's a group, these people are going, like, remember that time... Flavor Flav through cider on our carpet, our new carpet. I gotta build off of that just for a second because I've also done a blackface costume. Oh my god! Which is hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sometimes I think the idea trumps the racism, and in this and in this instance, we went as the many faces of Michael Jackson. So it was a group costume. Oh. And there were various stages of flesh uh, becoming lighter. <laughs> this is very and, and we choreographed a dance, and it was awesome. That's so a, I think the idea sometimes trumps any racism. That's fair. Uh, it's like Maybe we, I shouldn't use the word Trump. Yeah, Trump and racism in the yeah, same they, sentence yeah, is used I differently lately. Yeah. I do have a funny Trump story for you guys, actually. Did you guys hear about the... Uh, I, I don't want to go off too far off this, but... Uh, so earlier this week, and Saturday, uh, 10 people in Colorado were in a hotel and got stuck in an elevator with Donald Trump for 30 minutes oh, on the way up to that a... That sounds amazing. Yeah, they got stuck in an elevator with Donald Trump. So he was late for the event, 30 minutes he was speaking. Uh, he blamed the fire marshal, said he didn't know how to do his job. He was probably a Democrat, so hilarious for Donald Trump as usual. But it got me thinking... Give me someone you would hate to be stuck in an elevator with for thirty minutes. I guess Trump is an easy answer. I don't. I don't buy the notion that it would be bad to be. Stuck. Yeah, I, I would. I would, I would drop so much ass. Like, like, far, like, <laughs> like I would like. I feel, no. I, that's an interesting situation where you're forced to be in there and talk to the guy. I don't think that's a bad thing. But with <laughs> you can ten people, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room. Like ten people in one elevator. And Trump's you sucking got, up you all had the that air. story forever. Yeah, that's true. And there must have been cell. There's not cell phone footage of this. I don't know. I saw it on the news today. I, I would have Snapchat the whole thing. I, dude, if I were in the elevator with Trump, I would have tried to tape or record everything. Because you know he would say something outrageous in the elevator, right? Like, just... If you go Facebook Live right there, you're going to have thousands and thousands dude, of if viewers. You, yeah. yeah, if you fa Facebook Live in the elevator with Trump, you could probably become like a meme. Or like a viral sensation, at least. Yeah. When I Facebook Live, it's like 10 people. Oh, there's ten people who show up and then like three leave halfway through. I had, a, I had a strange uh, instance in an elevator with Sam Neill in L.A. Really? I, that we, oh my God, Alan Grant. Yeah. So I was just like, I, I marked out. I was like, ah, hey, uh, I, I was a big fan of Jurassic Park, and he's just, he just t like takes a side glance at him, and he's like, yeah, someone was bound to like it. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. real awkward. <laughs> uh, what I've noticed with uh, actors, uh, I met a lot of actors in New York City working at the restaurant. And my buddy Dano gave me a uh, shout out to Dan Avasado on Twitter, S Wookie Grande. Um, my buddy Dano had this technique where what he would do is if you ever met a famous person, he would go to their IDMB page and figure out the most obscure thing that they were in <laughs> that he can reference yeah. that makes them Feel thrown like, off, right? Yeah. He did this to TV uh, Park and Re Parks and Recreation's Adam Scott and a J. Crew once. He walked up to him in a J. Crew. They were buying the same pair of J. Crew slash Vans Collabo sneakers. This is a real story. And my buddy Dana walks up to him and goes, Hey, man. You were great as Griff on Boy Meets World. And Adam Scott said, what? <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. So I've, I actually did this to some. I did that to J.K. Simmons, uh, the guy from Whiplash oh, yeah, yeah, and those yeah, farmers yeah. insurance cool. commercials. Yeah. yeah, he was in the video game Portal 2. So I waited on him in a restaurant. And I was like, hey, just want to let you know, you were the man in Portal 2. And he said, ha, thanks. And he walked out. I was like, boom, perfect interaction. That's a good moment. That's, That's a good moment. moment. It was a big moment for me. Yeah, uh, yeah how come you, I, I'd like to be stuck in an elevator with, a cool celebrity that'd be tight like if i was stuck in an elevator with like matt leblanc i have so many friends questions for him like what was friends like i've never seen friends what i've really? never seen the tv show we're a big fan of friends over here yeah i imagine it's probably pretty good I, you know what i, I just re discovered cheers like i never watched oh, cheers man and it's on netflix and, yeah yeah and, uh, i started start watching some cheers it's actually pretty while. good because now i'm an adult it was like a kid when i was a kid when it was yeah. on there's a lot of good adult what about humor. taxi you ever give that i a like try? taxi yeah. yeah i feel like yeah. taxi i'd be into it's it. I've great never tried it. taxi cheers and i'm gonna include mash in this were shows but that wasn't mash like a drama also mash like it decided well, what it was gonna be right, that so season. mash was a comedy show 
that had a little bit of dramedy at the beginning, like a little drama in the back. And as the show progressed toward the last few seasons, it was much more heavily a drama show that had some funny moments. It also had a laugh track for the first few seasons, which I don't believe it did at the end. Mm. So when you saw them get rid of the laugh track, you saw it transition from a, uh, a funny show with dramatic moments to a dramatic show with funny moments. But those three shows, for me, were shows that my parents watched a lot as kids that I didn't like, and now I love all three of those shows. Like, I love Cheers. Mm. I think Cheers is a... Like an awesome, Cheers awesome television and MASH, show. two of the, the, the highest rated uh, series finales. Yeah, but I think that also speaks to the time. Like, in well, that yeah, era, there were like six yeah. channels. There was like, like six channels. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's why when Seinfeld, when the Seinfeld finale didn't break MASH's like all-time TV record, it seemed like that was the last show that had a chance to do it. Like, now there's too much TV. I don't think anyone's watching the same show as much as it was back then. Ah, Pawn Stars. Do you guys watch <laughs> <that? laughs> I like that show. Like, what's the biggest show on TV right now? Game of Thrones, that's yeah. TV is I mean, weird now though because it's like it's all the HBO. It's all like over, yeah. yeah. Not everybody has watch. access to Game of Thrones. Well, nobody has to turn on. If you want to watch something, you no longer have to turn on the TV at nine o'clock on Thursday yeah, or whatever. You, just you know what I mean? To the you have options now. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I do. Yeah, like, I, that. Just, I like that. No, it's a nice model that you moved into. Uh, I do think though that like to a certain extent, like there's no. I don't. Know, I remember a weird time when it was like. You watched your four basic cable shows that everyone sort of watched. Like, everyone was watching Friends. Everyone was sort of watching Seinfeld. Yeah, water cooler shows is the term, right? I don't know if that's necessarily a thing anymore. And now, it's all binge-watching stuff. Like, I need to binge-watch... I need to to watch two seasons of Mr. Robot to catch up with the stuff I want to hear people talking about in the media, right? Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Stranger Things. I have to watch. I've heard a lot of stuff about Stranger Things. Well, that's how I got into it because there's, like, X amount of people that that said it was good. And it's, like, I mean, everything about it is up in, like, alleys of stuff that I like, like, sort of, like, creepy, mystery, and, like, that throwback vibe. It gives a lot of homage to, like, Did you like Twin Peaks? I I just, okay. Sam loves Uh. Twin Peaks. We he made me watch Twin Peaks. We sat down and we watched it at the house over the course of a couple months over the winter. I wanted to like it more than I did. Yep, I'll say that. I didn't yeah. dislike it, but I wanted to be like I'm like maybe I just didn't get it all. But we only watched it up until like the middle of the second season or something. The second season drags. Yeah, it's, the, there's yeah. some characters I don't give a flying crap about. I really yeah. do think that the first season of Twin Peaks is like huge for me. I thought it was amazing television. I love David Lynch. I love Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. I loved how creepy and weird it. Was. And that finale um, is straight out of my nightmares. It's, it's horrifying. And honestly, uh, I think Twin Peaks is a context show. When that show was on ABC in 1990, it was weird. Airing against Cheers, yeah, like that's a crazy show now that's to like watch. Putting up Stranger Things against like something. I've more never seen Twin Peaks. Yeah. I don't know what it I is. I only saw it for the first time. It's it's weird. You can tell when you watch it that it's like that. A lot of people who are making shows now probably grew up liking it a lot, yeah, but it was yeah. definitely a little yeah, bit yeah, ahead yeah, of its yeah. time. Yeah. There was a show that came out a couple of years ago called Wayward Pines. It was like a Fox television show with uh, Matt Dillon, and uh, okay. it was sort of like a... It seemed like the whoever wrote that show... Oh, I think my wife's watching that right now. Yeah, whoever wa- whoever yeah. wrote that show definitely loved Twin Peaks. Like, they definitely right. were like, they love yeah. David Lynch and like Twin Peaks. Like, the world has ended, right? And they got a little town, is that it? They're living in a little town? N- the world didn't end. I think the They're town... They're in a strange little town, and things are just kind of weird in that town. It's and there's bit... mysteries, and you can't really know what's going on. It's kind of like questions. the Simpsons movie. So it's like Utica. Yeah, <laughs> Rome, pretty much. Yeah. You could do a show about Utica and Rome called Stranger Things. I think people would be into it. I think sure. we should make a, a, t- a Twin Peaks TV trailer, just like one of our knockoff, like the Jurassic Park trailer. We'll all get together one day and just uh, do some Twin Peaks. <laughs> much like the the Jaws one, I feel like that would best be accomplished with me playing all the roles because can, I know all. Can the you roles. talk backwards like the little man? Nah, I. Oh man, I. <laughs> You gotta probably not. You know what? My, the problem is in my head. The first thing I think of is that episode of The Simpsons where they did that and said where it was like Lisa speaking backwards. Yeah. Uh, guys, we were talking about plus ones at weddings. How did we get into Twin Peaks? What happened? You, because you're in a conversation, Sam, and it always comes back <laughs> to, to Twin fucking Peaks. Twin Peaks when you're uh, <laughs> I guess. I guess, man. Uh, so, Phil, plus ones at a wedding, overrated, underrated? It depends on whether or not it's open bar. There's a lot of things, I think, that matter. <laughs> a lot of factors. Yeah, I think, would you say overrated? I kind of agree with yeah. that. Because you don't... I mean, I just like that if you are if you don't know anybody, you can get away with anything, almost. You well, don't like, really know. I'll put it this way. I mean, Depends I was, on how good the wedding is. That's, that's it. That's true. Yeah. Like, I had my brother's wedding this weekend, and I was the best man. I didn't take a plus one, and, you know, I thought about it, but... 
with, I knew every single person there, you know, all my family, all these old friends, all this stuff. I had so many places to be. I had to be around for pictures. I was sitting at the head table. Like, so what's the if, point? If you, if I bring somebody, I'm not going to put them through that night of just having to like sit and wait around for me and sort of be left to their own devices in a strange place. I think overrated. Um, yeah, I think that there's a couple, I, I've had it backfire for me before. I brought some, last wedding I went to before this that I brought a plus one to, me and that girl, like, never spoke again afterwards. Like, she met my family, and it was trouble, and it got bad real quick, right? Like, so there's a lot of, like, expectations when you bring a plus one to a wedding, right? Like, what does that entitle? Like, what do you... Yeah, you if you, stay if in you the... bring a bummer plus one where, like, those people see you in the future and that plus one isn't there with you anymore, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, bon- yeah, 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 like a one-off one. Yeah, yeah one-off yeah. one. You never uh, just go for, like, the arm candy plus one? That's my favorite. I like to be taken as arm candy. Well, but it doesn't happen I mean, as often as I... I prefer to be arm candy. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I feel like for my thing, I think it sends the wrong message to take some... Like, you, I don't think you would take somebody you've just been seeing for, like, three weeks to a wedding. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think it's sort yeah. of... People assume that you're, like, you're going to marry that person. Well, and not even that. Like, it it, it almost... Um, if it's a family forced, wedding, they oh, assume yeah. that. Yeah. Family yeah. wedding, yeah, it's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. And it almost, you know, it's just... A, it's a level of intimate territory that you're not always at with everybody that you're with, I think... You know what I mean? I think that's one of the things with it, too, is yeah. that, like, if you bring somebody, you want to make sure it's somebody who, if, especially if it's a family wedding, See, if you're going to meet my aunts, better be, like, somebody important. Or they might just really like and free shrimp. Free shrimp, yeah. It's true. And booze. Yeah, yeah I brought a girl to a wedding as a first date, and it was yeah. a really? disaster. Yeah, it ended up being, I thought it was going to be this fun open bar dancing, crazy fun night, and it was terrible. It didn't go well at all. It was like cash bar, so immediately I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend so much money tonight. <laughs> and um, there was no dancing. It was a real disaster. What the hell kind of wedding is this? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. See, do I know what wedding this is? Yeah. <laughs> see, the wedding I'm going to this weekend is actually... Was Will your date? Huh? No, it was Will's wedding. He's married. <laughs> He's formerly married. Uh, uh, congratulations! No, that's all. Uh, uh, he would never have a cash. No, bar. so I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to a wedding this weekend, but it's a friend of mine's wedding, and okay. it's a friend of mine in my age range, which is the best kind of wedding to go to because this is going to be basically just a lightweight hippie party. I feel like, right? These guys are like low level hippies. It's going to be chill. I'm excited yeah. for this wedding. Shout out to Andy and Julia, my favorite low level hippies. This is going to be a tight wedding this weekend. The girl you're bringing, uh, how long have you been seeing her? Uh. We don't have to talk about all that right now. She, she, she <laughs> might listen. Very important to the plus she one. She listens. Status. She listens to the show, so I'm not going to get into it. But she does know all these people. She's met most of these people already, so it's not. She'll I'm not fine. concerned. She'll, She'll be, be fine. fine. It She's, sounds like you're going to have a great time, and it might strengthen your relationship with this girl. Yes, I hope yeah. so. That would be very nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm so pleased. <laughs> Kevin's so happy right now. Uh, guys, I had more stuff to talk about, but we uh, we plowed through it because you guys are professionals, and this is what happens when we get uh, guys who like to. Why talk don't we just do a special two hour? Because I would like to get this done before Monday Night Raw tonight. I'm a big wrestling mark. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know that. Nice, man. We like a lot of the same shit. I know. I figured that out. You had the cryptozoology t-shirt on yeah, as well. We could talk. fire cryptozoology It is a good cryptozoology t-shirt. really good. So, Will Phillips, Phil Farda. Guys, August 27th will be the finals. This Friday, August 7th at Cavallo's is going to be... This Sunday, actually. Sunday, sorry. Sunday, August 7th will be the first playoff round. It's going to be really exciting because... We'll see who the first four are going to advance. And uh, if you come check it out, it's $10 online now. So buy in advance. We're going to charge you 15 at the door. Uh, the space is very limited, so we expect we might fill up the room. But uh, get your tickets early. Uh, come be a part of comedy history. Mm. Hell yeah. In Utica. That was epic. Yeah. Um, for uh, Phil Farda, you can catch him on Twitter at LaughFarda. Uh, for Will Phillips, it's T-H-E-T-H-R-Y-L-L, The Thrill. Yes. That's yes. very impressive. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> Guys, I want to thank you for being on the show this week. Uh, folks, we'll be back next week uh, with the dudes from Nomad Cinema are coming to talk to us before the Jaws uh, Franklin Square film series. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that. Guys, thank you very much for being here. We're going to clap our way off. This is what we do here. He's always looking weird. Clap it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you who his girl is. This is <laughs>